Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Happy you're tuning into Dose of Leadership. Man, I can't believe I'm approaching 500 episodes. So excited uh, that we're almost reaching that benchmark. So many exciting things happening here. Today, I want to talk about how to introduce yourself to your team when you're a brand new leader. I've had requests for this, and I just got an email the other day. I want to thank Melissa from San Diego for sending me this email, asking me, what do we do? I'm getting ready to take over a new position, she says. And do you have any tips or tactics on how I can successfully introduce myself to this new team? It's a great question, and I think it's one of the most stressful things we can do as leaders is get that new leadership role. What do we do? And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that on today's episode. Before we dive into the episode, uh, a couple things. I want to, again, mention Next Level Method. Again, I'm a partner with the founder of Next Level Method, Matt Lilly. And one of the things that we've done is created a podcast to support Next Level Method. So what is Next Level Method? Well, it's about transforming your life for the better. That's really what it's all about. Uh, It's about experiencing a more purposeful life. It's about deeper relationship. It's about having a brighter state of mind. It's about creating this world-class community. And that's what Next Level Method is all about. It's something I've always wanted to do with those of leadership and create that community. And I felt like here locally in town, I met this local entrepreneur who we had a lot of the same interests and beliefs, and he was well on the way, and he needed some help from the podcast side, so I became a partner in Next Level Method, and we're officially launching the podcast August 16th, and I encourage you to go check it out. You can go to nextlevelmethod.com. You can certainly search on it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, all of those things there where you can get your all your favorite podcast application, we're going to be there. And it's much like Dose of Leadership, but it's on steroids because maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you're in the middle of a life-altering transition, such as a job change, a move, or a divorce. Maybe life isn't terrible, but you feel like you're living below your potential, right? I know I've certainly been there. It's certainly been a struggle. And maybe some of you have gained all the external successes in the world, but you still have this gnawing, this sense of unfulfillment. And that's certainly been the story of my life. Certainly as I entered into my 40s, and now as I'm in my 50s, I feel like part of my purpose is is doing this. It's about being a coach. It's about being a speaker, speaking, teaching, coaching about leadership. But what do we do when we find ourselves stuck? We turn to money, material items. We look for status. We do self-help techniques. We go to seminars. We go to live events. And we read books, therapy. And maybe we do some bad things. Maybe we indulge in some behaviors that aren't so good. And maybe they can help in the short term, but... Again, it's only short-term relief. So Next Level Method is all about long, a long-term solution. It's not about managing the pain. It's solving the pain. We've all been there. And Next Level Method is about hope. It's about world-class programs, about a holistic step-by-step process to create a more meaningful, joyful life and creating a community where every step of the way you have everything you need, support, the tools, the resources, Imagine a life where happiness, peace, impact, and bliss are the norm. Waking up rested, excited for the day. Feeling connected to others and your future in a way that you've never experienced before. That's why you'll succeed with Next Level Method. That's what it's all about. And I'm so excited to be part of this team. So check out Next Level Method podcast launching on, again, Monday, August 16th. 
and where you can hear world-class interviews, much like you've heard on here. And I'm going to play some of those on Dose of Leadership for the, for the short term, just so I can gain awareness because I've got an eight-year audience, a rather large audience. I'm going to try to bring as much awareness to the next level method since I am a partner in that and to steer some of that audience over there. Meaning here at Dose of Leadership, we're going to do more of these solo episodes talking about what can we do under the leadership umbrella. But again, it's it's two-sided. If you think Dose of Leadership, think Next Level Method, because I'm a part of that too. And I'm excited to be part of it. So again, check it out, Next Level Method Podcast. And then also I want to introduce here my sponsor, Awesome Broso Tequila. So excited to have them part of the show. Very impressed with this organization. And the owner, Ricardo Gamara, will be playing his episode here and in uh, interviewed him and his story, which is a great episode coming up in the near near future. And again, I'm not a big drinker, but I got to tell you, every now and then I like to relax with a nice scotch, nice whiskey. Uh, shout out to one of my um, Dose of Leadership University members too. It is his birthday today, Paul Stringer. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you, Paul, for being part of my life, for being a friend. He sent me a great bottle of Eagle Rare uh, whiskey, which I love sipping every now and then. And when you think of tequila, you think of uh, bad memories, right? Bad memories from, from college or hungover nights. But I got to tell you, when you taste premium tequila, there's something special about it. And Awesome Broso tequila is the best. I got to tell you. And tasting premium tequila is a fantastic experience. I highly encourage you to check out their tequila. But have you ever considered investing in one? Well, Awesome Broso tequila has over $20 million in historical sales across major wine and spirits retailers in the U.S. And Awesome Broso tequila offers a variety of award-winning ultra-premium tequilas aged in French oak whiskey barrels. There's never been a better time to own a piece of the growing premium tequila market. And today, you can join the Awesome Broso family for as little as $480. Go to dosofleadership.com slash awesomebroso, that's A-S-O-M-B-R-O-S-O, to learn more. And as always, please read the offering circle and risks related to this offering before investing. So excited they're a sponsor. Okay, let's get to the meat of the conversation, which we're going to talk about how to introduce yourself when you're brand in a brand new leadership position or a brand new team, or maybe you're a brand new project manager to a certain project, a lot of us have been there. And I've, I've received a lot of, over the years, questions about this, and I've answered them. And I, I just kind of thought, well, this will be a good episode because people seem to be concerned about it. And I think I thought about those times when I've been in it. I've been in it multiple times, and it's very stressful. It's when I think back, because, you know, you, you know first impressions are crucial. And, you know, you don't want to be digging yourself out of a hole from a bad first impression. So you want to make it as effective as possible. And I guess when we think about this, there's multiple types of um, situations that you can be in. And and you probably have to handle them all a little bit differently. I mean, as I was thinking about what I would talk about in this episode, I think think about those times or, or even when I've coached a few clients when they've been brand new to the position that there are certain situations that are different than others. For example, I think the best situation to be in is if you become part of a brand new team or a brand new project that is that has never been formed before. Uh, I think you're at a definite advantage uh, when you're being one of the first one to join and create the legacy, right? And so that's when we think about team building and we think about leadership, that's kind of the classical sense, right? Because now we, we're all getting to know each other. We're kind of going through this experience together. It's a great way to kind of do life together and, do, and share the ups and downs and the highs and lows. It's a great opportunity 
um, particularly when you got a blank slate. So that's one scenario. That I think that to me, I think it's the ideal scenario. The second one is, and I've had this happen a couple of times, where you become a uh, the new member of an existing team or existing project that's already in good shape and they've been doing well. I think it's a good situation to be in. It, it is fraught with some risk though, because you're the, they've got a good thing going and here you come, you know, late to the party essentially. And you know, how do you thread that needle without disrupting a, a good thing? Right? So uh, of course, there's always room for improvement in those situations, right? And a fresh set of eyes is always, for the most part, welcomed. Uh, but you got to be careful about how you come across in that very first meeting, right? You need to make sure you're giving them the confidence that you're there to support them. And, and you know, for me, it's about heaping on the praise of what and, and the praise about what they've done so far and what they've achieved so far, right? So, um I think we've all been on teams where the new guy or gal comes in and it's like they, they they want to make their mark, right? I've had those leaders where they wanted to make their mark and it kind of just really disrupted everything. So anyway, that's the second one, an, ex, an existing team or an existing project where things have been going pretty well, right? And then the third one, which is the most challenging, which, uh, which is why we have leaders in the first place, right? Somebody has dropped the ball or somebody has left or a project or a team is just very dysfunctional. They're in a very, very challenging moment. They're not meeting their expectations. They're not hitting their milestones. Bad KPIs. Uh, the culture is bad. Yeah, that's what we get paid the big bucks for, right? And that's that's where you really earn your keep. And so, how do you do that? What do, what do we do to to make our mark and make that great first impression? A lot of things to talk about here. And I think so going back to those kind of three scenarios, the first one. Um, well, before we do that, before I kind of go into specifics on each of those three, I, I think maybe just in general, let me tell you about some of the things that I have done in the past. And that, that I think just in general that I think it's it's to make this great first impression and what I see a lot of. Oh, leaders and managers, the mistakes they've made. I've been on the receiving end of it. I've seen, certainly seen coach, I've coached a few people out of some bad situations of what they do. And I was thinking about this just last week when I was flying with the captain and, and, um, he's a, was a, a Czech airman and they got their own kind of department, right. And their own leader and team. And they got a brand new leader assigned to them. And it, uh, seem on the surface there was some political stuff involved and this and that. And anyway, I was talking to the captain and he was reading me kind of the introductory email that this person had sent them. And I, I just looked at it and I'm going, wow, they're just missing the mark, right? I swear if you printed this email, it, it must have been six to eight pages long. It had to have been. And it lost me on the middle of the first page. And I read it and I was just thinking about it because I'm a leadership junkie and I was like, God, there's just so many areas of opportunity. I think this person is really missing the mark. They're making a bad first impression here. It was my take on it. And again, good person, person with all the good intentions. It's not that this is a bad person. It's just that they're, they're, they're missing the mark. And it's kind of like they're coming into a situation where they've been fairly successful, right? I mean, overall, there's some challenges. I mean, hey, they're, face, they're facing some unprecedented challenges. But for the most part, they got a good thing going. It's not like it's it's that dysfunctional. And where the first mistake that they made, and, and 
is I think that we need to avoid, and this is my first tip to you, is, is don't focus on your experience. We have this tendency, and I think it comes from a place of insecurity and lack, that we want to prove to these people that we were fit for this job. And so anytime that I see somebody that kind of vomits all over, either on, on paper, on an email, or in their first presentation, talking about how they're the captain of the lacrosse team and that they had a 4.0 GPA and they worked here and they worked, you know, blah, 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 all great and well, right? But nobody cares. The bottom line is nobody cares. You don't want to talk about, you, you're there for a reason. You don't need to remind everybody about it. Yeah, you can have some introductory stuff and I think people will know where you come from. You can have a short little bio um, that the person that's assigning you can maybe send out to everybody in an email or something of like that. But I'm talking about you when you're out there. When you thrust that new position, don't talk about how much experience you have as a leader or a project manager or a manager in general. Anytime you thrust into a new place, you're so much better served to watch, to learn, to listen a lot. Observe how much they currently know and then identify ways you can help. The real power in your team, the real implicit leadership is unknown to you when you walk into that situation. You have to observe and see where the real power lies within your team. It's better to discover that on your own or through your observation uh, than being blind to it because your insecurities are, are keeping you blind to those observations. And you can only observe if you just keep your mouth shut and you observe. And then once you start gaining that, you know, you can express how you're going to work together, you know, certainly come come to the meeting or come to that initial meeting with enthusiasm, positivity, and that you're there to help. But you got to be true to yourself. You got to be true to the team. And there's no way, way better than to just be yourself and to listen. You don't need to remind everybody how lengthy and how qualified you are for the job. That just reeks of insecurity for me. And that's what this letter is what, that I read. And um, so I think that's the big thing is, is, is don't talk about yourself. Right? Don't focus on your experience. Focus on them. And again, it's, and this ties into the second thing I'd say that, remember, the leadership is not about you. It's always about them. Maybe you've heard me say that over the eight years here. It's never about you. It's always about them. It's about you in the sense that you're always there trying to improve yourself. You're there to push yourself and others into the growth zone, but focus on them, less on you. And particularly when you're brand new, I think it's great, particularly in that first meeting, is if you just ask each team team member to talk about their experiences. Hey, educate me on, on what's going on in this project. Educate me what's been going on as a culture here. Um, and instead of talking about your own experience, ask them what questions they have and why they think you're here. That's very good. I think that's a great way to look at it. asking them what questions they have about you. Ask them their perception of why you they think you are here. And I think when you get through that first meeting, it doesn't have to be long, by the way, you get through that first meeting, you know, now... My tactic is I go to one-on-one -on -one conversations as soon as possible with everybody on that team. You know, that first meeting, short, 10 minutes. If they want it to go longer, fine, but it's because they're asking you questions, not because you're presenting them with some grand plan. It's almost like, hey, I'm here for you. And then follow that up with one-on-ones as soon as possible. Get to understand their strengths. Get to see how they see themselves and their roles in the project, that is so educational for you, right? Ask them what they need 
from you as their leader. And you can do this the same in the, in the world of COVID, right? You can do that remotely well. I mean, just because I'm talking, this doesn't mean it has to be an in-person face-to-face. It can be online as well. And encourage them to, to share what they've been experiencing and going through in this team. You know, And it's all about trust. It's about trust, building trust over time. It's about mutual respect. And you got to demonstrate that. And you have to. And so to me, I think that first meeting, when you set the stage, it's less about you and your experiences and how qualified you are. And everything that you do should be intentional about building trust and mutual respect. And you do that by asking questions and listening. What are the roadblocks? It's all kind of tied together. But what, you know, what are the big stones? What are the big obstacles? And then encouraging questions that, you know, what, what, because there's going to be a lot of, particularly when there's a brand new leader involved and introduced, there's going to be a lot of fear involved, right? Tons of fear, particularly if, if it's that scenario where things have been going pretty well and now you're the new kid on the block and what does this mean to us? And so ask them to ask questions, you know, because they're going to be wanting to know what is your mandate. They're going to be wanting to know what changes you're going to introduce and how will that impact them and, and, are you going to be respectful of what they've done up to this point? Are you fair? Are you somebody that can be trusted, right? There's so many things that they want to know, and you need to give that support. But you're really there to solve and remove the big stones, the big obstacles, helping them solve problems. And I think it's this introduction when we think about it, what do we do in that first time? I don't think it's a one-time event, right? It, I think it's, it's a series of over a couple of months, really, of building trust and respect, and a lot of listening and a lot of one-on-one meetings. I, I, for some reason, I don't know why people don't do these one-on-one meetings. They just they seem to like send out a lengthy email, like this one example they did, and then they they stand in front of it like their are their quarterly meetings or their biannual meetings or something. And that's the only time they get to know the the new leader. I think, wow, you know, meet everybody, the whole team, ten minutes, and then spend the next two weeks one-on-ones or however long it takes. They will benefit you. Uh, particularly gives you an opportunity to be transparent with one-on-one and show people how you're being authentic, how you're being transparent, how you're being vulnerable, you know, what your mandate is or what your vision is, your excitement for joining the team, your respect for them as a team and the respect for them as individuals, your ability to listen to them and getting to know them. But the listening is paramount, right? It's all about the listening. And one thing to avoid is is don't come uh, to these things. I get this from coaching. Is like a lot of times I've had to learn this over the time when you, you need like on my last solo episode I talked about being more coach like. You know you you can't arrive to a new team, particularly when it's brand new, with a new solution, a new um, I know what the problem is. I know I'm going to solve it, and that's why you got to be even careful of your mandate. You know your mandate can't be so solution based necessarily out, out of the gate. It's I really do think it's a couple months of learning and understanding. Of course, if this was a crisis situation, it's all based on what's really happening. I mean, if, if things need to be fixed like right away, there's sometimes you, you don't have that freedom of time to do that. If it's a crisis, you got to you got to respond based on the level of the crisis or why you're even coming in. So, anyway, those are some of the things that 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 I think about. And it's about being prepared, about listening and answering as many questions as possible. It's creating an environment where people are comfortable asking you questions. Um, that initial meeting, 
you probably can't get a lot, but man, you can get a lot in one-on-ones. So a couple stories that I want to share with you that have happened to me, and maybe they can drive some of it home. I mean, these are my experiences. They may, be, may or may not be relevant to what you're going through. But I may have heard me tell this story in one of my solo episodes years ago. Uh, I think I've shared this story before. Uh, if I have and you've heard it, I apologize. But it just it came to me because it was when I first got laid off from from the airlines and after you know, 20 years ago, hard to believe, in October of 2001. And I got thrust in the corporate arena and I got a job as a shipping supervisor. And I've never done shipping and receiving. I mean, I, so I said, yeah, I, I get the concept. I can figure it out. Yeah, you know, you build orders in the middle of the night. You place these orders in front of shipping and receiving doors. Truck drivers come in the morning and pick it up. Well, when I first walked out, into and met the team and I was introduced and you know and I'm fresh out of the Marine Corps you know I had that short stint at the airlines you know three months and then I got furloughed so I still got the short Marine Corps haircut you know I'm wearing the khaki dockers I got the JC Penny polo shirt on and I walk out and meet these team 25 people they're all driving forklifts to build the orders in the morning right <laughs> and it's like I walked on the joke that I have when I talk about it is like I walked onto the set of Sons of Anarchy right one of these did not look like the other. And it just happened to be me. I mean, these guys looked rough and tumble. And here I am looking like this fresh faced college puke. And I felt like I accomplished a lot. And I had, you know, I'd been in the Marine Corps. I flew all over the world. I was an airline pilot, this, that. And, you know, for a split second, I thought about, well, yeah, this is what I need to be telling these people. But <laughs> all that went out the window when I saw, you know, you got to read the room and read the audience. You know, these people don't care about my experience. In fact, they were looking at me like, why do we need a new supervisor anyway? And that's what some of them thought. And so I made it brief. And so when my boss introduced me to the team and I said, Hey, I'm excited to be here. I got a lot to learn from all of you. This is all new to me. I'll be looking for you to teach me on how I can best serve you and and what it is you need from me. And that's all I said. And then one response, the guy, his name was Big John because he was big. I mean, six foot two, six foot four. I don't know. He was big, big black lumberjack beard, right? Tattoos all of them down his arm, two teardrop tattoos around his eyes, do rag over his head, sunglasses, uh, motorcycle vest, live to ride, ride to live, all that stuff. And he just looked mean as hell. And he goes, what do you mean what we need, college boy? It's exactly what he said. And I said, well, look, I said, you guys are the experts. I'm here to remove the obstacles for you. What is it you need? And he goes, since you're asking, you know, I'd like a magnetic dry erase board. And I didn't even know they made a magnetic. I knew what a dry erase board was. And I said, yeah, great. Okay. He goes, yeah, they got it down at Office Max, 75 bucks, got 100 little rectangle magnets. I've been asking for it for a couple of months. They won't get it for me. I want a magnetic dry erase board. And I said, sure, consider it done. I said, but can I ask, you know, why do you need, what do you need it for? And so he went to explain to me that in their old warehouse, they just moved into this new warehouse where I was working now. It's three or four months old, beautiful facility, brand new. Their old place had five shipping and receiving doors. This new place had 20. And he said his challenge was, you know, third shift guys all night are pulling loads, building orders for the next day's receipt, you know, truck drivers to come in. He said, right in the middle of the night, puts load XYZ. It's behind door 12, second one back. Well, in the morning, the Walmart driver comes in. It's here to pick up load XYZ. 
and the first shift guys, they're walking the floor trying to find load XYZ, what door's behind, so they can go tell the Walmart driver which, which door to pull into. And he said it's kind of embarrassing and it's a time waster. You know, they're spending five, ten minutes trying to find the load. And the Walmart driver's standing there looking at his watch going, come on, time is money. So he said if I had a dry erase, magnetic dry erase board, I could mark off 20 slots, like 20 doors with tape. And then when my third shift guy puts load XYZ together, puts it behind the second load behind door 12, he could write load XYZ in this little rectangular magnet and he could put it up there in the office there. And so when the Walmart driver comes in, I just look up at the board and I can tell him which, which door to pull into and it's, I'm not wasting 10 to 15 minutes. I said, that's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. You know, I was a computer science major and I thought, why well, man, we could do this on a spreadsheet and we could, and he looked at me, shake his head. He's like, man, you're just like everybody else. I just want a magnetic dry erase board. I said, got it. So I went and got on that magnetic dry erase board. And, and the, the long and short of that story is this guy, Big John, ends up being, he's the real influential leader of that group. And I learned that over time because, you know, if I would have went out there and told him how great I was and I was a pilot and officer in the Marine Corps and how qualified I am for this job, and so I didn't even talk about myself. I didn't even talk about my experiences. That all came out over time. And what I spent, you know, those first three months was building the trust and respect of that team. And I remember about two and a half months into that job, that big John, who's mean as hell, looks mean as hell. He wasn't. He had a heart of gold, by the way. A true leader in his own sense. Had a rough start, rough beginning. But, man, he was so dependable, and he cared about everybody on the team. A true leader. He was the real leader of that group. And essentially, I worked myself out of that job. And two and a half months in, he, he said, you know, he goes, you're the first guy in 15 years that anybody's ever asked me, what is it I needed? And that was a huge lesson for me. And so when I'm thinking about what do we do, how do we make an impact as a brand new leader in the team, it's less about you and it's less about listening, observing, and finding out what I can do to remove the obstacles for this team. Again, it's not about being their friends. And yeah, I mean, I was asking why he needed that. I just didn't go out and buy his affection and his trust by by buying it just blindly. I mean, I asked questions. It seemed to make sense to me. And that's what you do, right? That 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 is how I think you can make the best impression. Kind of a story on the on the less positive note, on the receiving end of that, uh, when I worked for a hotel company. Uh, I was the VP. I got put promoted to the VP of operations and the president of operations. Uh, right when I became the VP, he resigned about two weeks after I got assigned the VP of operations. So they kind of went back and forth, and they said, "Well, do we just promote Richard to the president of operations, or do we try to find somebody else?" Because I mean, Richard's got to cut his teeth. He's got to learn a lot about the operations, which is a fair statement. So they didn't make me the president of operations. So instead of hiring a new guy, what they did, the CEO said he was going to step in and he was going to be <laughs> the president of operations. And so he started mandating these 5.30 a.m. mandatory meetings every day. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, 5.30 a.m. meetings. And we show up there on the first meeting in this first team. And he comes in. And he spends, I'm not kidding you, 60 minutes talking about how great he was and how he's the perfect person for this job and that nobody knows operations in this company better than him. It was just amazing. It was all about him, literally 60 minutes of him, and not only about how great he's operationally, how much money he makes, all his new toys. 
I could do a whole episode podcast series about that relationship, but I'll leave that for another time and another day. But anyway, you talk about not gaining the respect and the trust of a, of a pretty well-oiled team. And I, again, I was new to the team, but we had some fantastic individuals and it just got derailed by um, ego and not listening and not observing. Right. And uh, that it was, it was an extreme battle and that was, that's how it started. And it didn't end any better (laughs) almost a year later when I left. So, but anyway, that is to me was just not what to do. So anyway, I hope you got some, some value out of that. I guess if I could sum it up uh, as I started this, Again, think about as you're going in this new role, what is the situation? Is this a brand new project, a brand new team, blank slate? To me, that's the best scenario. Is this an existing team, an existing project that's been performing well and you're kind of coming in late to the party? Or are you coming in to a troubled team project challenge? That's where you really got to earn your money. And again, take that with a grain of salt. Depending on the level of crisis, you may have to come in there with a hammer and say, this is what we're going to do. No more of this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's been a couple of situations I've been in that where it wasn't about so much trust building. It was about laying the hammer down. But for the most part, in general, even where you're laying the hammer down, you've got to kind of come in and let them know uh you got to listen and observe and kind of see what the real story is. Uh, regardless, have a positive attitude, be enthusiastic, have a humble, teachable spirit. Like you heard me say, but have a level of intensity about improving the lot. It's not about gaining friends. It's not about being drinking buddies with anybody, but it is about trust and respect. And the only way that you can get there is through, for the most part, listening and observing. And I'm just for a rough, say in two months of just a lot of listening, and observing, and a lot of one-on-ones short first initial meeting, 10, 15 minutes, unless they're asking a lot of questions, but man, it's never about you. Don't, don't vomit your resume and your experience. That just reeks of insecurity. They may not explicitly think that's insecurity, but that's what's happening subconsciously when somebody is vomiting their experience and justifying why they're in their role. They're going to be skeptical of you regardless of, of who you are. Just own it, get comfortable with it and see that you're a human being that cares about them and, and you're there to remove the stones and the obstacles for them, the big, the big obstacles. All right. I hope you got some value of that. Again, I want to thank my sponsor, Osombroso Tequila. So excited that they're part of this uh, Dose of Leadership journey. Uh, Osombroso is an award-winning ultra-premium tequila, driving innovation across the luxury spirits industry by distilling and, and aging their tequila in French oak whiskey barrels. And not only does this allow Osombroso to offer a savory cocktail experience Unlike any other tequila, trust me, you won't, you'll be sipping this and this is even like, this is tequila? It's so good. But for a limited time, they're also offering you a seat at the table as an investor. For as little as $480, you can now invest in Osombroso through their latest crowdfunding campaign. So don't miss out. Go to dosofleadership.com slash Osombroso. That's A-S-O-M-B-R-O-S-O and learn about investing in their company today. Look forward to their or look for my conversation with the owner on another a future upcoming Dose of Leadership episode, which is a great episode, uh, Ricardo Gamara. And um, I'm so glad they're a sponsor. So please read the offering circular and risk related to this offering before investing as always. Guys, thanks for tuning into the show. Subscribe, rate, review if you haven't. Go check out Next Level Method podcast. The launch is almost here. You think of Next Level Method, think of Dose of Leadership. I'm so excited to be a part of Next Level Method. 
and I'm so excited that you're a Dose of Leadership fan as well. Subscribe, rate, and view. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.